Hey everyone, Pat here. Really quick one before we get started. Just needed to let you know that I recorded this in Koh Sok National Park uh, in Thailand during, and half of it I recorded outside because of circumstances beyond my control. Um, so there is a bit of weird sound towards the end. Try not to let that get in the road of your listening pleasure. All right, let's crack into it. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen and I am recording this podcast from a hostel room in uh, Koh Sok National Park in Thailand. It's uh, the most exotic pod of the generation so far and alongside me in Perth is Christopher T. Barty. Bardo, how are you big man? How's it, how's it going over there? I'm, I'm good Pat, I'm good. Mate, I said Taunton. Taunton? Taunton. Taunton. Not- not Thailand, Taunton. <laughs> I got it wrong, folks. Right. I cooked it. Well, you wanted England. I know. I just got my wires crossed, buddy. I just got my wires uh. crossed. I crossed them. I, cro- I was like a bad sparky. I crossed them all over the joint. Yeah. <laughs> a likely story. A likely story. <laughs> I tell you what. <clears throat> I tell you what, though, Pat. You might be on holiday, but I feel, I feel like I'm on holiday. Um... Because I tell you what, I didn't see that result coming. Did you see that result coming? Mm. Australia's one 0 up in the Ashes, my friend. I did not see it coming at all, B Train. I did not see it coming at all. What a time! We what a time! Uh, well, I think there's a, a lot, a lot, more, a lot that we can say about the uh, about the game pad other than uh, going into um, into falsettos of excitement. <laughs> um, well, Chris, can you remember? I mean, the last time we won a test in England. Um, you and I were mere babes, Bardo. Mere babes, merely moments out of the womb. Yeah. And and it's it's a it was a hell of a yeah. thing, wasn't it? What a turnaround! Um, what a you know not since two thousand and five, Chris, have we been so engrossed in an Ashes series, um, especially one that came so hard in the heels of the World Cup. Uh, great stuff from Smith. Just uh, extraordinary piece of cricket. Absolutely, Tim Payne was correct. Yeah, yeah, the prophecy, the oracle. He said, uh, Ed Bastion, Ed Bastion, <laughs> no place to fear. I tell you what, I tell you what, at 8 for 122, I was pretty afraid. <laughs> yeah. I was pretty, pretty, pretty afraid. Pretty afraid. I would say that at 8 for 102, I was absolutely packing it, but uh, is how I would describe myself in that particular situation. And and look, there's there's a tour game going on now as well, but we'll, we'll get to that in a, in a moment. Um, mate, um, I'm staying in a hostel I'm recording this from a hostel room. There is every likelihood that this internet is going to drop out, that somebody's going to walk in this room. Um, and, you know, this is just going to be a bit of a rough and ready pod, this pod, folks. So just, 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 just be around for that, is all I've got to say. Um, speaking of rough and ready, would you like to crack straight into some Tom K. Hawkey, Bardo, and hear from TK with an English version of that particular, of the most recent test? I think that'd be marvellous. Marvellous, marvellous. All right, let's fire him up and see if I can make this work on this computer. Could we be so lucky? Hi there, Tom K. Hawkey here with another bulletin from a Brit. I know I should sound disconsolate after that first test. However, I've become so used to talking about England winning this year that I'm just going to go on sounding chipper. Just like the England team themselves, I'm going to use the excuse of I'm just playing my natural game. It's the same annoying soundbite they trot out time and again, but really it's a code for we only know how to bat one way, so we're screwed if we've got to adapt. It's the reason why Jason Roy decided to dance down the wicket to Lyon, a spinner in the form of his life on a day five pitch that was turning the ball sideways. Hold up, hey, TK. Um, Bardo, how great was Nathan Lyon Mm. in that last innings? How great was Nathan Lyon? Yeah. Yeah, no, utterly superb. Um, I tell you what, um, he is the lone specialist spinner in a 17-man squad. Um, and to turn up on day five, when he really probably comparatively didn't have as much to do on uh, the first four days of the game as, as others in the team, uh, and to put uh, Australia on his back 
uh, and and deliver the team to victory, uh, to victory. with an absolutely stunning performance. Um, just bowl with craft and guile mm. and mm. you know bounce and dip and all the things that you love about spin bowling uh, was absolutely <laughs> marvelous marvelous from Nathan Lyon I think that but the, the thing I enjoyed the most um, uh, was you know I mean we talk about Jason Roy dancing down the wicket um, and that was you know I mean that was nice it was well bowled don't get me wrong it was a silly shot shouldn't have played it I think the sweetest moment though has to be in the second innings when um, Joe Root falls victim Joe Root falls victim to Nathan Lyon caught Cameron Bancroft yep, 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 uh, yep. at short leg and uh, punches the bat. Yes. But he punches uh, the bat. I think that's the moment that we knew that this game was out. Uh, and what a beautiful time. What a great work from, from Lyon there to make it happen. Let's get back to TK. It was a brainless moment that precipitated England's woeful collapse. But hey, he was just playing his natural game. But this match wasn't only lost on the last day. At 122 for 8 on day 1, England were rampant. From that point onwards, Australia scored 649 runs for 9 wickets. At the start of day 3, England were just 17 runs behind with 6 wickets in hand. They converted that chance into a 90-run lead. Simply not enough for this pitch. England's bowling on day 4 was abject and their batting on day 5 was worse. I can't help but feel that if Jimmy hadn't been injured, this match would have been very different. While Steve Smith would probably still have been freakishly brilliant even against Anderson, Peter Siddle would not. He is Mm. Jimmy's chief bunny, having fallen to him 11 times and averaging just 6.81. Perhaps Smith would have been left stranded with Australia out for under 200 and even England could have won it from there. (laughs) <laughs> it's undeniable that Anderson's injury had some impact on the match. Hold up, hey. Um, Bardo, do mm. you think there's a bit of a comparison here rolling back to 2005 with Glenn McGrath rolling the ankle on the start of the Edge Baston test uh, with Jimmy Anderson being out in this way? Am I drawing parallels that aren't there or am I going full true detective here? No. Mm, that's true detective for me. <laughs> um, he likes it, folks. I he pretty, likes yeah. it. The good se- what was the good se- the good season was the one with Woody yeah, Harrelson, yeah, yeah, Harrelson yeah, for right? sure for sure for sure that was yeah. a good one well you could be Woody Harrelson and right. I'll be is McConaughey I feel yeah like McConaughey partner yeah right? time is a flat I'll circle be, I'll be I'll be Matthew McConaughey yeah Craig yeah yeah, yeah. okay what if we um, did a cricket so podcast by and we also right. went and uh, solved crimes how good would that be and you're in Thailand it's weird <laughs> um, things are happening. Um, I tell you what, though, in, <coughs> for Jimmy Anderson's credit, uh, four overs, three maidens, hey, one for one, pretty good. Pretty handy. <laughs> what are four overs? You'd take it, wouldn't I you? Wish I figured yeah, like me that. too. Um, oh, you would, you would. Um, but what a, what a difference maker, though. Uh, just the leader of the attack, albeit at thirty six years of age now, mm. um, held together by uh, strapping tape by all accounts. Um, did make a big difference. Uh, all of a sudden, England's bowling attack um, didn't look uh, as, uh, well, imposing as it once did. Um, when Spen Stokes becomes the legitimate fourth option, as opposed to um, the the uh, strike... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make up a term here. The strike change bowler, yes, if yes, you like. I like it. The, uh, the, the threatening change bowler... Um, uh, the aggressive part-timer, um, whatever other oxymoron you can think of, all of a sudden England's uh, bowling attack looked a little bit weaker. Mm. Um, one guy that I was just really surprised at just didn't bowl more, particularly in the second innings, was Chris Wokes. Yeah. Um, I thought he was one of England's better bowlers. Um, and um, I was just surprised, particularly in the second innings, he only had he was only given 13 overs. and uh, Whereas Moeen Ali, who... Just didn't look potent at all, mate. Mo and um, Elliot opened up the uh, pie shop. Look, I understand. Ah, yeah. Look, and I understand that spinners have to get through a fair chunk of work. Don't do not do not misunderstand me. Uh, you know, sure. uh, I understand that spinners have to get through a fair chunk of the bowling. Um, but in the second innings, when the game was on the line, I'm not really sure that that 29 overs for um, Mo and Ali was really what was required. Um, 
Particularly when he was being outbowled by Joe Denley, I thought yeah. in large part. Yeah, that's um, never a good thing. And and Joe Root himself didn't bowl too badly, so um, uh, was, that was an odd choice for me. And I think it was on the, on day four um, when they when England when Joe Root opted to open the bowling with Moeen Ali in what was a seemingly bizarre move. And I think particularly when you look at the fact um, with how Chris Works had bowled in the first innings. Um, you know, he looked he looked um, really really imposing, and uh, and uh, with figures of three for fifty eight, and probably the pick of the English bowlers, mm. I thought. Um, so maybe he had a bit of a niggle in the second innings. I'm not too sure, but that was a weird decision for me, and I think that's probably where England lost the Test match because, frankly, Moen Ali was easy runs really, um, and just didn't look threatening at Mate, all. Mate, he looked absolutely horrific, to be honest. Um, it was short, he was wide, he was all over the joint, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you right there. I have no idea why um, Joe Root decided to do that. It's utterly bizarre, but, you know, a, a guy's got to live, I guess. Yeah, look, certainly a decision that Joe Root may look to... Uh, well, he, you know, he may regret uh, in in, uh, in the days, weeks and years to follow, Pat, I think. Um, oh, I like it. Know, I tell you what, I tell you what, speaking of decisions that uh, we, we don't regret... Hey diddle diddle, Peter Siddle. Um, but uh, you and I were a bit opposed <laughs> to that, and uh, maybe we've made to eat a humble pie ourselves. We have, we have been made to eat the humble vegan pie. Let me tell you what. Look, it's certainly not at the top of my shopping list, Pat. But <laughs> I hear you there, mate. But I'll tell you what. At every at every stage of selection, you and I have both gone. Ah, oh, Peter Siddle's in the squad. Ah, oh. ah, oh, Peter Siddle's in the twelve. <laughs> Ah, Peter Siddle's playing. Ah, oh. oh, Peter Siddle's taking wickets. And Peter Siddle scored forty-four. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you know what? Do you know what's classic though? What's Do you know classic, what's classic mate? is um, I saw a quote from I saw a quote from Justin Langer um, uh, this morning, and he said that Peter Siddle um, had bowled uh, the best nunfa he'd ever wow. seen um, referring to uh, Peter Siddle's second innings performance um, of course having taken two wickets in the first dig so <laughs> let's recap let's recap okay the guy that we didn't think was going to get picked yes. for his bowling right he's, he's a legitimate fast bowler we didn't think he was going to get picked for his bowling so you really wouldn't have him in, have him in the team at all um, has scored a critical 44 <laughs> a critical 44 and then been praised for an umpire. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's an interesting series of events, Bardo. And I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, we probably didn't call that 100% correct. We may have we may have missed the mark somewhat there. Um, and my exceptional performance from Peter Siddle. You know, uh, Banana Man, he's back. He's back in black. Uh, I'm sure Spinksy's going to have a lot to say about yeah. that, though. Um, let's hear some more from Tom. However, as excuses for losing go, we picked a bloke that wasn't fit enough to play is a pretty weak one. And anyway, for the criticism that one could and definitely should level at England, this victory hinged on one of the all-time great batting performances by Steve Smith. He made the supposed fortress of Edgbaston look more like a bouncy castle. He listened to every last boo and turned them all into runs, one by one. This felt like the previous Ashes series had never ended, and indeed Smith has now scored six centuries in the last seven Ashes tests. He scored 1,116 runs in his last 10 Ashes innings at an average of 139.5. You know who else averages 139? England's top four. Were there any positives for England? Well, I would normally point out how cheaply England removed both openers in both innings. But you know what happens when the Aussie openers are out? Steve Smith happens. And you know what happens when Steve Smith happens? Runs happen. So how do we get Steve Smith out? Actually, it's very easy and will only take 25 balls. All we need to do is let him hit 24 sixes so that he races to 144. Then he's guaranteed to edge the next ball behind, no matter how bad a ball it is. Sure, we'll have the same number of runs to make up, but we'll have only wasted four overs. 
In this match, Smith faced a total of 71 overs. Under my plan, Australia would have scored the same runs, but in two sessions less. That would have given England five sessions to score 394 runs, and it doesn't take a genius to see that the end result would have been very different. Yep, Australia would have won on day four instead of day five. <laughs> Hold up, hey. Um, Bardo, we're going to talk about it all night, so strap in, ladies and gents. But Stephen Smith, SPD Smith, um, Dever- what's his middle name? Deveroon? Mm. Um, just extraordinary. Um, I posted a, a gift to the, um, sorry, I posted a JPEG to the, the two for none page, um, with his last sort of 10 test innings. And he does have a bit of a habit of getting out in the 140s, Bardo. Do you think that's something we need to be concerned about? Mm. Mm. First of all, you're right, Pat. It is Stephen Peter Devereaux Smith. Um, up there with the all time great. How have we not come across that before? How have we not mentioned it? I'm not sure. It's an oversight. It's an oversight. It's up there with, uh, Wardell. Oh, thanks, mate. Wardell. Come on now. It's very kind of you. It's one of my hey. middle names. That's very cute, hey. buddy. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. One of the best. Um, but um, yeah, I think you're right about it. Look, absolutely um, stunning performance. Um, just a, a batting masterclass. Um, and he's just transfixing, really, um, Steve Smith. Uh, I think he's a lovely chap, mm. first of all. You know, I mean, the sandpaper thing. Sure. Okay. Human yeah, made a mistake, up. paid the price. I've moved on. You've moved, moved on. on. We've all moved on. As I said before, first they love you, then they hate again. you, then they love you again. And I'm well and truly in the third phase of it's phase three, that, it's phase right? Three. I'm in the love again phase. Yep. I'm back on. I'm back on. Back in. Won me over. Didn't take much. Um, but let me just tell. I mean, let me just say this. Let me just okay, say yeah, this. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> first innings um, comes in at two for yeah, seventeen bad. in the eighth yep. over. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. Um, in a total of 284, he manages 144. So um, there is 140 runs there that, that his teammates have managed to muster. His, the other 10 batsmen have scored less yeah. combined wow. than he managed in the first innings. Wow, wow, wow. So, you know, think about that. Um, his strike rate was 65, um, which... In comparison, to what we've seen at the, at the limited overs World Cup, obviously, would would seem pedestrian, but in the uh, long form of the game, that's not a bad clip, mate. Um, particularly with the trouble that Australia was in, and when you consider that, that his innings, innings consisted of uh, sixteen fours and two sixes, um, fairly reasonable performance. Um, I really, I mean, obviously, um, you know, we all appreciated his partnership with with Peter Siddle. Um, when Siddle came to the crease at eight for one hundred and twenty-two, I think if we um, if Australia had managed to muster uh, 150, it wouldn't, you know, it yeah. would have, we would have probably taken those 28 runs. I'm not sure where they, where they would have come from. Um, so just his ability to bat with the tail, which is a trademark, a hallmark of, of many of the great batsmen. Um, you know, your ability to bat with the tail, you know, we've seen it over the years with Stephen Waugh, yep. Michael Hussey is another one that comes Even to Michael mind. Even Michael Clark. Um, so he's got Michael Clark. Um, uh, so, you know, the, that that in, in and of itself speaks volumes. Now, again, I will be perfectly frank and say that look, I thought that this was going to be a great solo performance in a losing test yeah, match. Yeah, I thought it was when we were bowled out for two eighty four. I thought, you know what, perfect. You know what, we, uh, Australia's not going to go and win this game, but at least Stephen Smith is is in form. Um, you know, he'll have the Australian people off his back and back in his corner. Um, he may not have won over the English fans just yet, but you know that'll take time. Um, and um, you know we can all kind of move on. I was pulling my hair out a little bit at this point, at this point though, Pat, because I kind of thought we really wasted that entire Indian summer in the <laughs> sense that didn't we go through a whole thing of we like not thing. having Warner and Smith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we it. actually went through and like tried to locate some other batsmen yes. that could score runs. I remember the panic and, and the sadness. And we found part. two. We found two. We found two batsmen, Pat. In the form of Joe Burns and Curtis Patterson. And where are they now? Where are they, Butter? Where are they now? They're, they're sitting on the couch. They're sitting Fucking on the, the couch. Noses. Eating a bag of potato <laughs> chips. All right? Not sure. Not sure. I've got to be honest. I was a little mad at this point at the end of the first innings. I was a little mad. A little I, unsure. I saw your posts on the group um, chat, mate. You were not pleased. You were not a pleased Butter. Yeah. No, I wasn't happy. Wasn't pleased. Um, but I should never lose faith in Justin Langer. All right? yeah. I, every time I do. It's... It, 
you know, it just he's a wise man. He knows more about cricket than yes. I do. Lo and yes. behold. Yes, I think um, me too, for that matter. Um, and and look, it ended up being pretty inspired. But then we yeah. move on to the England. The uh, sorry, I think it was. I was uh, look, ab- absolutely. Um, and I think that we'll see um, better batting performances from the Australian team as the series progresses. If anything, you know, you can almost potentially. Well, I hope. I hope we can put these these performances down to first innings jibs. Yep. Um, that is uh, that is what I kind of. I, I, I see in that performance now. Now having an opportunity, had an opportunity to reflect it and seen that our other batsmen have made some runs. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, our bowling performance in the first innings, um, I mean, you first first of all, you have to take your hat off to Rory Burns. Yeah, he batted uh, incredibly well. So and Tom Roy hasn't Burns, mentioned him yet, but I'm sure he's about to. I mean, Rory Burns' 100 in the first innings there was was quite extraordinary. Um, I, I think our bowling was, was mm. our lengths were a little bit off in places um, Peter Siddle was extraordinary economical but um, Rory Burns batted out of his skin especially as the rest of the batsmen sort of fell away around him yeah yeah absolutely and you know what a fun fact in this game is Pat is that there uh, there were six players on both teams so three on each that um, uh, traditionally play as wicket keepers. Yeah, wow so Make sense of That's that. That's nuts. Make sense of that. Mate, um, can we hear a bit so Rory more Burns from TK there? I think, uh, yes, the Rory Burns situation is diabolical. Uh, what, a, what a performance. But he's got a little bit to go at the end. Let's just see what he's got to say for himself when he mentions the RB and all the wicket keepers. Here we go. Where do we go from here? Anderson's replacement is forced, and Archer is odds-on to do so. It's not like for like, but where Jimmy gets sideways movement, Joffre has the express pace needed to get the ball fizzing around the batsman's noses. Pat Cummins showed on the last day that aggressive bounce could still be extracted from the lifeless pitch, and his ripper to dismiss Rory Burns was aggression personified. Archer's pace would provide a similar weapon to England's arsenal. Whilst the batting lineup is desperately out of form, there's no obvious replacements knocking around. For too long, we focused on the short form of the game, which paid dividends with the World Cup win, but at the cost of the test team's abilities. England will likely go ahead with the same top seven, so they don't look panicked. However, if I were a county player with international ambitions, I'd be playing out of my skin in the next round of county matches, as I think there will be changes needed by test three. Broad and Wokes bowled beautifully at Lords against Ireland, so both would retain their places. And finally, Moen Alley needs to be dispatched back to the counties. An Ashes series is not the place to play yourself back into confidence, and we need to get Jack Leach into this team. We also need Root to show he deserves to be captain, as he was fresh out of ideas when Smith got going. Still, just like everyone else, Smith starts each new innings on zero. Unlike everyone else, however, he seems to end each innings on 140-something. <laughs> so there you go. That's my take. Mind you, in my last bulletin, I said our openers couldn't bat and pondered Jimmy's chances of getting his 600th wicket. So I clearly have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you, TK. We know how you feel there, mate. Um, g'day, Peter Siddle. How are you? Um, Bardo, thoughts, feelings about that from TK? Yeah, look, I think... Um uh, he's, he's spot on the money, really, isn't he? Certainly, some changes needed in the English side. I think I think he's right. I don't think we'll see too many changes in the, in the English batting order. Um, as disappointing as the second innings uh, certainly was. Uh, I mean, we've went, we've mentioned Rory Burns already. Um, I think they'll persist with Jason Roy at the top of the order. Mm. Um, you know, his short, form in the short form of the game is fairly irresistible. Will he have a bit of a, a, a Finch esque? A Finch-esque Ooh. issue, Ooh, Pat. But I maybe. Uh, I guess t- time will tell. Um, it's, it, it certainly does pose some interesting problems. Joe Root's form isn't doesn't look too bad. Uh, we don't know really too much about Joe Denley at the moment, although his leggy is certainly a bit yeah. handy. Um, the weird one for me, though, as, as I sort of hinted uh, earlier, is is the wicket-keeping yes. scenario. Um, I am just perplexed um, in that um, as we said earlier there were six wicket keepers in this game six. utterly bizarre um, of course on the Australian side we have uh, Bancroft um, Wade who's now preferring not to keep uh, and uh, Tim Payne and really the um, the the platform of wicket keepers the, 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 uh, the order of merit well, if you like of, of wicket keepers there is it, 
is uh, is fairly well established. Um, you know, Payne probably the weakest batsman of the three, but easily the strongest keeper. So yeah. no problem. Absolutely, put the gloves on. Let's do that. Right. Um, clearly a master tactician too, I might add. Yes. Um, <clears throat> uh, whereas with England, I just don't understand why if Joss Butler is the best keeper in the short form of the game with Ben Stokes in the side, why is he not the best keeper in the long form yeah. of the game? The only, the only thing that changes, Pat, is the colour of the uniforms <laughs> and the colour of the ball. Even though everyone... What else They've changes? got numbers in the back and names in the back of their shirts now, Bardo. Even less has changed, right? mate. And the duration of the game. But I, sh- I, mean, I surely believe that Joss Butler has the well, ability to crouch and catch for five days. Superior to Burstow. I mean, Burstow did not keep well, Butto. He missed a couple of chances. He was a bit fumbly. Had a yeah. couple of, you know, balls go behind him, which were a bit a bit shoddy as well. I, I don't understand it at all. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it made me wonder if perhaps there was a gentleman's agreement. Mm. You know, you'll take the white ball, I'll take the it's red gotta ball. It's got to be the captain, buddy. It's got to be Owen Morgan versus yeah. Joe Root. Like, maybe Joe Root believes in Bairstow's keeping perhaps. more. I don't know. Maybe this team needs a bit more maybe Irish. Maybe this team needs a bit more Irish. Well, I mean, you know what, pal? They could probably do with Owen back in that middle order. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, jo- Johnny Bairstow yeah, has sure. not played well so far. He didn't look very confident in his either of his digs. Um, so I don't know, mate. I yeah. reckon you'd be. I, I've been seeing some chat. And I think you've been seeing it too. That there's a bloke called Folks. Because um, what they need is Folks, Wokes, mm. and more names that rhyme. This English team just to make our lives hard, Bardo. Come on now. But apparently, Folks um, is the best keeper in the county cricket, and they're not playing him because they've got three mm-hmm, keepers mm-hmm. in this side. Um, yeah. None of whom seem well. I mean, Josh Butler's going to be the better option, and he was the test keeper a little while ago before he went out of the team and came back in again. So, oh, mate, I can't wrap my head around it. I can't wrap my head around it at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that's the that's the scenario really that that England need to be looking at uh, in terms of uh, their top seven. Um, the, the, the to me, the wicket keeping situation just seems to be backwards. Um, clearly, Johnny Bairstow has established himself as someone who's a decent. Uh, you know, outfielder, if you like, um, mm. and he's, you know, we know he's very capable with the bat, and as is Josh Butler. Um, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, uh, I, I totally take Tom's point that the um, uh, that the red ball form of the game is different, very, very different to the short form of the game. But I do think that success leaves clues. Oh, success and, leaves clues, but um, oh, success leaves big, big clues, clues. That. Um, and we know just how devastating Josh Butler coming is coming in mm. down the order, and how devastating that can be. And you know, it's it's the Gilchrist effect for mine. So I, I just think um, that is something that uh, that's worth investigating. Um, ben Stokes has batted very really yeah, well, has. so you know, perhaps is is there an option for Ben Stokes to come in at five rather than coming in yep. at six? Is he coming in too low? Uh, I'm not too yeah, good sure. Good point, Chris. But um, look, sir. So, some things for uh, certainly some things for England to uh, ponder, as you say. There's big chat about folks and uh, and uh, look, I, I like folks and uh, and uh, you know I'd like the idea of a of a, 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 a folks the wicketkeeper, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Wokes the fast bowler, and David Pocock having a radio show, and so you could have folks Wokes and Pocock. <laughs> um, that sounds like one of the all-time great law firms, yeah, it doesn't does. it? It does. It um, does. Come on down to folks Wokes and anyway. Pocock for your legal needs. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, we have right. advertised our voiceover services on this podcast. Well, maybe it's time we did, Chris. If you've got an ad that needs reading, um, ginger snap Sydney, all one word, at gmail.com, folks, send it through. Even if it's not a real one, we'll do fake ads. Um, but and I just want to get in the habit, so, yeah. so, so send it on down. Yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> Mate, um, would you... Doesn't have to be a real thing. <laughs> would you like to hear from Spinksy for an Australian perspective? I would... I would love to hear from Spinky. Let's That'd be great. Let's fire him up. I think he's done his own theme music again here, so strap yourself in. Um, oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Bloody hell. I'm sitting on a balcony outside the front of my hostel just pumping these jams out for the world. Do 
Do you hear that? Can you? In the holly stand, named after the man who bowled Bradman for a duck in his final test. The temporary residence of the Barmy Army, do you hear it? Shh. Neither do I. Silence. Rising like a phoenix, in the ashes, Steve Smith has rendered the most parochial and musical of fans dumb. And it was glorious. Hello and welcome to Spinksy McGill's second spin opinion. Well, what a great match that was to get no sleep watching. Three days of tense, knuckle-whiteningly good cricket, followed by one and a half days of serene, top-notch test cricket from the Australians. It's the type of performance overseas that gives you hope, and almost before inevitably dashing it away in the most tragic of ways. But that doesn't seem likely, and more on that later. Some quick stats for you to set the scene. Pat Cummins crossed the 100 wicket mark in just 21 tests, but with a seven and a half year gap between debut and this test due to a crippling run of injuries. With his six for in the fourth innings, Nathan Lyon crossed the 350 mark, and is now just three wickets away from being equal third on the list of Australia's greatest wicket takers with the great DK Lilly. And it will be just a few quick more tests before he scores the requisite 200 more wickets he'll need to be equal second with Glenn McGrath. This has made all the more impressive considering that not too long ago, Nathan Lyon was fighting for his place, and every fourth innings he bowled in during a test seemed to be his last chance, and all of these pressure situations seemed to come up against Dhoni and Kohli-led Indian teams, the best and most capable players of spin in the world. Great stuff. Also, James Pattinson showed he's no mug with the bat, being sent into bat in front of the quite capable willow wielder Pat Cummins, hitting four sixes and two fours in his declaration-aiding cameo at the end of the fourth day, showing that Australia has the potential to quote-unquote bat deeper than England. From a team batting perspective, the only player on the sidelines for this test who could feel hard done by is the opener Marcus Harris. Every other batting position that was up for debate contributed in some way to this win. Kawaja blunted the new ball a bit in his two modest but not insignificant innings. Travis Head steadied the ship with his third innings half-century. Matthew Wade scored a return century at a rate which made a near 400 lead possible. And the bowlers all scored in double figures, and Pattinson and Siddle nearly got half-centuries. With Warner failing in England once again, and Bancroft not repaying the oddly placed faith in him to replicate his 93 not out in the intra-team tour match... Marcus Harris would not be blamed for thinking, what the hell does he have to do to open the batting, short of moving to Western Australia just to warm the cockles of Justin Langer's heart? <laughs> Hold up, Spinksy. Hold up, mate. Hold up. <laughs> Whoa. Um, I'm pretty sure Marcus Harris and Justin Langer are from the same cricket club. I think they're both of Scarborough. Cricket I believe that's correct. Fame, I believe that's incorrect. correct, but uh, yeah. So, yeah. Spinksy, uh, they're already mates, pal, so consider those cockles warmed. Mm. Um, he is desperately unlucky, though, to have missed out on the spot to Bangers, though, um, Bardo. And do you think with Bangers' failures, yeah. um, do you reckon his short leg catching is enough to keep him in the side? Where, what's your head at on that front? Well, it's, look, it's an interesting point you make, Pat, and we certainly did a, the analysis in the last podcast, and, and I think we both came down marginally on the side of Bancroft, but can, can, you know, Marcus Harris could consider himself very unlucky. Um, interestingly enough, Pat, at the moment, um, uh, Australia are playing in a tour match mm. uh, against uh, Worcestershire, if I'm not not uh, mistaken. I believe that's correct. And yeah. in the first innings, in in a little bit of a bat off, um, a bat off. Oh, um, sounds naughty, doesn't it? Horrendous word, isn't it? <laughs> um, but Bancroft and Harris uh, opened the batting together uh, with Cameron Bancroft scoring 33 of 78. Uh, in 96 minutes of batting, uh, whereas Marcus Harris only lasted the 39 deliveries, making 14 runs. Uh, so you've got to say that, look, certainly Marcus Harris on the back of last summer's efforts can count himself unlucky. But at the moment, uh, I think with um, you know the analysis we did last week, with his efforts in the field, mm. particularly at mm. short leg, um, and the 33... Although not not uh, not utterly convincing, that would still place him a nose ahead of Marcus Harris. He has he's done enough, yeah. uh, and I think particularly when the team is winning, um, or they've had a win um, in this case, um, looking to make it plural, um, there's probably not enough evidence to overturn the original selection decision. Yeah, I think court. you're probably right there. And and what what else I'll say is, Bardo, how great was it to see Matthew Wade's hundred? 
How great was Matty Wade's oh. 100? It was mm. swashbuckling. Mm. It was uh, powerful. And what he, you know, yep. my old man, right? I don't know if my dad's going to be listening to this podcast. G'day, diggers, if you are. But my old man was giving Matty Wade a lot of stick um, when we were in the pub watching the cricket a little while ago. He was telling me that he didn't think he had, that Wade had the technique to be able to handle a moving ball in England. And look, in the first innings, he definitely got a good ball, but he, he could have done a better job of getting his bat out of the road. Um, but in the second innings, Chris, he showed us a defensive temperament that we hadn't yeah. seen from Matthew Wade, um, and that that really propelled him through. To, excuse me, through to that hundred. So I couldn't be more pleased with that one. While we may have got a couple of selection shocks wrong, yeah. Chris, we were right on the money with that. Yeah, no, absolutely, Pat. And look, in um, in Matthew Wade's defence, nobody batted well in the first innings. Nobody did, uh, save for our mate Devereux. Save Devereux. Devereux. And um, SPD. And maybe, and you could maybe make an argument for Travis Head as well with a, a cheeky little thirty-five. But I think um, Matthew Wade's innings was uh, was utterly superb, and and true to, true to the form that we've seen. Um, him display over the last 12 to 18 months absolutely um, just reward for effort I mean this is a guy don't forget that publicly announced that he was probably yeah. done uh, chasing games in the longer yeah. form of the uh, longer form of cricket uh, and comes back in the opening uh, test of an Ashes series um, and as critical as Steve Smith's innings were th- this was probably the one that nudged Australia ahead yeah, of the right. game uh, and uh, and really caused the damage there. Um, you know, he scored the runs quickly. Um, you know, uh, really didn't look too challenged at any point throughout his innings. Um, it was really utterly marvellous. I thought um, what a um, a poetic moment, um, Pat, where he scored his hundred and uh, was at the crease with none other than Tim Payne. Yeah. And I tell you what, if you had said to me six years ago, five years ago, four, three, two, one year ago, that Tim Payne would be hugging Matthew Wade as he scored his, yeah. uh, you know, his uh, first century in six years at Edgebaston. I would have said you were mad. I just, <laughs> you just couldn't see a way forward that it would happen, right? Like, yeah. How no how is it even possible that we're here? You know. Yeah. Um. So that that was marvelous. Absolutely marvelous, mate. Let's let's hear some more from Spinksy. But of course, this test was about one man. One glorious automaton of test cricket batting, S.P.D. Smith. I have mentioned before that Virat Kohli is the best all-formats batsman in the game, but he runs a close equal second along with Kane Williamson to Smith in test cricket. And that's simply because Smith is just otherworldly. You can easily run out of superlatives for him. Combining the unorthodox technique of Victor Trumper with the steely-eyed determination of Steve Waugh, he just doesn't ever want to stop batting. And the longer he bats, the faster he scores. Smith is notably a slow starter. His first 20 runs often come in at a strike rate around 35 to 40. But his centuries generally come in at around a strike rate of 60 plus. He's a big machine to get moving, but once he does get moving, get out of the way or be prepared to be run over by his momentum. Over the past five years, Smith has consistently and probably frustratingly been given the moniker the best since Bradman but it's just next to impossible to argue with that anymore. His average of 62.96 is sitting in a league of its own. It's second on the all-time list for batsmen that have batted 20 innings or more, thankfully overcoming the statistician's bane, which is Adam Voges, who averages 61.87 in 31 innings. Even if you reduce that prerequisite to 10 innings batted, only two non-Bradman batsmen are in front of him. And if you reduce it to five innings, there are six non-Bradman batsmen in front, one of which is Sid Barnes. That is ridiculous. The only greats of the game besides Sid that sit close to Smith are England's version of Bradman, Herbert Sutcliffe, and the man robbed of a greater test career by South Africa's apartheid policy, Graham Pollock, both who averaged just shy of 61. It's fitting, then, that the next person for Steve Smith to overtake on the all-time runs list of Australian batsmen is the Don himself. Smith is just 511 runs behind Donald, and at this rate, he should get there by Old Trafford. Speaking of Old Trafford, I have stumbled upon some curious planning from the ECB about the grounds used this Ashes cycle. Lords, the location of the second test, the home of cricket, is the definition of a home away from home for the Australians. In all of test history, Australia have only lost seven tests there, 
And in the last 30 years, it holds Australia's highest away win-loss ratio of 3 to 1. And the location of the third test heading Lee in Leeds, it's 2 to 1. Lords is also the ground where Steve Smith scored his first double century, a score of 215 the last time they visited in 2015. I was able to check that score easily, because the list of Smith's international hundreds is getting so long, it has its own Wikipedia page. Wow. It should also be noted that Australia haven't lost at Old Trafford, the location of the fourth test, since 1981, and only lost once at the Oval this millennium. If only they'd thought to play at Trent Bridge this year, where Australia have lost their last three in a row. The POM's gluttony for pessimism and punishment seems to manifest itself in the most alarming of ways. Well, this monologue is now over. I will leave you alone for now, and I can't wait to come back and hopefully smile the whole way through my second spin opinion after Lords. Until then, play it again, Conchita! Very good, Spinksy. Very, very good, mate. Thank you so much um, for your work there. Bardo, some big stats from Spinksy there, mm. mate. Big stats. Big uh, stats. Jising-esque. Do we say it? I, I think so. Um, thank you, Spinksy. Excellent research. Surprising. Um, surprising scheduling there from the ECB. Do you think they're just trying to stitch themselves yeah, up? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, and look, I, I think we all match Spinksy's enthusiasm, uh, certainly if you're an Australian supporter. Um, absolutely marvellous stuff. I've said marvellous a lot tonight. Um, and I think with good reason. I think mm, with good reason. Mm. Um, it's One thing I didn't like, though, um, which, look, it's, I, I appreciate the point. I think it's a great point he's made. But it does make me a little What's uneasy that? is the fact that we haven't lost at Old yeah. Trafford since 1981. Mm. I always get a bit funny yeah. about these things. I mean, I know it's the gambler's fallacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's the gambler's fallacy. It's, it's actually the reverse gambler's fallacy because I think the... The gambler's fallacy is if I've thrown heads 20 times, then the next time is bound to be right. tails, right? Whereas actually it's every individual time, it's a 50-50 yes. chance. It doesn't matter what's gone before. That's completely irrelevant, right? Um, so, and I think that that's the same thing here yep. is that it's it's a 50-50 chance at Old Trafford. It doesn't really matter what's gone before. So, I think that we can ill afford, Pat, any sort of hubris um, yes, moving into the Old Trafford test match. Um, I think um, the other point that Spinksy made, which was really exciting though, Pat, is just the performance of James Pattinson. Yeah. Um, I, another guy that like, if you had said to me 12, 18 months ago, this guy is going to be completely outrageous and he's just going to be an absolute pit bull. Um, I would have said that there's no way that James Pattinson's making it back. And let alone um, batting ahead of Pat Cummins. Like... The performances that we saw with Pat Cummins with bat and ball last summer, he was almost an all-rounder. Yeah, he was. So, to have someone, you know, justifiably on the back of his performance with the bat in the second innings, not only bowling absolute hellfire, <laughs> um, but coming in with, you know, the arrogance that he batted with was absolutely Sheer fantastic. Sheer heat, buddy. This is an Australian team that, once again, we, we can get around. Yeah. I mean, it's just so it's just exciting times, really. I, I don't know about you, Pat, but I don't think that um, I could see too many changes occurring for the second day. No, Chris, I don't think so either. I mean, the only thing that I wanted to raise on that front, I mean, it's it, look, it'd be really difficult to drop hate a little, little, little Peter Settle at this point with his 40 and his incredible economy rate, which was down around two, I think, um, in, in both innings, which is pretty extraordinary. But look, Bardo, I just wanted to raise with you, we're back to this tour game, Josh Hazelwood, 15 overs, four maidens, three for 34, going for an economy rate of 2.27. Mm. Now, oh, if there's anybody who's going to push SIDS for a spot, it's going to be Hazelwood. But I had him in yeah. my side before yeah, the I, test I started. Right. So I think I maybe just got like Hazelwood goggles there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to change anyone, mate. Um, and I think we've just got to be really pleased. I think we need more from our openers. But Travis Head just scored a century in this um, tour match. So mm. our middle order mm-hmm. of Steve Smith, who is obviously God with his back-to-back 140s. Um, and while I'm just mentioning Smith, Bardo, can I say how wonderful it is to see all of that guy's truly bizarre mannerisms back out and display in the international mm. scene? I mean, sometimes mm. he leaves a ball and then gives himself a big stern talking to. And the next ball he does some wild Steve Smith back foot defense and seems quite pleased with himself. You know, he's mm-hmm. 
he's such a he's such an animated weirdo. He's such a weirdo, <laughs> Steve Smith, when he's batting. Yeah, yeah. But you want to be best friends, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, I just yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Um, I love watching. Uh, I, it's, it's it's he's such a, a performer and entertainer that it's not even like the batting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what Steve Smith is? What? He is cheese stuffed pizza. Oh, it's, you know. Oh, um, Bardo, now you're speaking you know the, language. The the, the the where you get the uh-huh. pizza and the crust is stuffed with cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yep. like you're like oh the crust is boring, <laughs> and then you get to the crust and the crust is actually like delicious now. So you start eating the crust first, and then you you know you work way backwards. He is the cheese in the yeah. crust when he's doing that stuff in between the balls because that is super interesting yeah. and great to watch. And um, we're not even... It's like, it's for the first time in the history of cricket, you're actually going for the stuff and watching the game for the stuff that happens in between the, the actual balls. game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're going for the crust. Go for the crust, right? Chris. He's the king of the crust. He's the crust king. Um, yeah, lovely crust. Loves the crust. Um so I'm excited about it, Pat. I agree with you. I'm excited about our middle order for the first time in donkey's years. Um, for the first Kawhi time just so made long. a fifty in this uh, in this test yeah. match, and we, Uzi's been in pretty reasonable form in the last 18, 24 months. So um, you know, uh, I think he probably keeps his spot at three. I mean, I just don't see why you would mess with form and with Smith coming in at four. Travis Head is making runs. Hopefully, he can go on and convert and turn into a big, dirty, fat one. Love a big, dirty, fat one. Um, you know, uh, Matthew Ways just made a century batting and at Bardo, six. he got a ball. Uh, he got a ball. He went for seven. He got a little ball. <laughs> he got a little ball. Um, so that From was pretty the ball, funny. Um, From the ball. I also noted that, like, did you notice that uh, Stuart McGill... Now, I don't know if it's the real Stuart McGill. It could be Spinksy. Yeah, it could just be someone yeah, masquerading as Stuart McGill. But keep going. But, but Stuart McGill commented on, on, he commented on Twitter. He said, uh, when, when Wadey bowled, he said, oh, well, now we know why Wade's in the side. <laughs> now, I don't know if that means he doesn't like Matthew Wade or he was at odds with the selection. But what I will say is that um, his display picture was of Kermit the Frog, right? And do you know what Kermit the Frog is, Pat? <laughs> He's a Muppet. Do I know what Kermit the Frog is, Chris? He's a Muppet. He's a Muppet. Yeah. Hello. That makes a lot He's of a sense. Um, Chris, I mm, think we've got a lot I'm to be excited. I think you're spot on there, pal. I think you're absolutely spot on. Mate, um, we've got a lot to be excited about. I, I think we may... Oh, look, I'm surrounded by palm trees out here. I'm just going to touch some wood and while I say this, but Barno, could this be the series? Could this be the series where we take the ashes back in England for the first time in 18 years? Could this be the one, Barno? Look, I'm not prepared to say that at this uh, early stage, Pat. As we know, um, winning the first match of a, an Usher series is uh, often a false dawn. It's false dawn. Or at least it certainly was in... It's, it's a false mm, dawn. Mm, mm. Um, so we, we won't know the uh, the verification of this dawn until at least the second or third okay. test match. But uh, what I do know for sure, Pat, is that um, English cricket is full of great lawyer names. <laughs> uh, names for potential law firms. Let me just read you. Let me just read you um, the Worcestershire top <laughs> order. And just tell me if you'd like to, these guys to represent you in a court of law. We've got Fell, Dell, and Ferguson. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would. Yeah, right? keep going. Now, now Fell, Dell, and Ferguson were a high-powered uh-huh. law firm in Worcester. Um, they did you know, commercial stuff, yeah. uh, mergers and acquisitions, oh, wow. yeah, okay. uh, all that sort of thing, right? Um, but then uh, they uh, uh, they merged. Oh, they merged, yeah, right. So they became Fell, Dell, Ferguson, and Haynes. Yes, ah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just really excited about that. That's what I'm looking for in this Ashes series is which top order mm. or bottom order or bowling attack is going to represent me in a quarter. Yeah, look. Fictionally. I'm hopefully. excited about that. I'm also excited about Ricky Wessels. Who's coming in at sort of number five or six there for um, for Worcestershire? And I wonder if there's any rep- relation to mm. Kepler, um, and uh, or is just I believe that's his uh, that's his son. Get out of here! It is Bardo. Get out of town. That's pretty exciting. I'm excited yeah. about that, yeah. um, mate. I think it's about time we wrap up. Um, and I just wanted to give a quick little preview for the next test. Um, can you hit me with your predictions? Can you hit me with how you think it's going to go? Can you hit me with what the listeners need to know, Bardo, on the on the eve of Lords? 
Well, look, Pat, um, in my last prediction, I said Australia is going to lose the Ashes 2-1 and that England would win in Edgebaston. Mm. Um, and look how that yep. turned out. Um, so with that in mind, in this prediction, I'm going to predict that Australia loses by an innings uh, and that it's another humiliation. A little bit of reverse psychology there, B-Train. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, very good, mate. Well, I'm going to be... I was a positive boy in the last one and said 2-1, and I'm going to bloody stick to that. I'm going to say 2-1, and I think that we're going to take them. I think we're so good at Lords. I think this is the one. Um, I think we can really get in there and, and runs to all of those batsmen. Um, I think the Poms are going to disintegrate and start eating themselves from the inside out, Bardo. They're going to be like a snake eating its own tail. The The press has already started and and the players are going to get in and crumble like when um, uh, Kevin Peterson and all those boys were in Australia in 2015 and everybody quit and retired. I'm hoping for that level of mm. mental disintegration. Do you know what the other factor is, Bardo? In the dressing room for the Australians is Stephen War, and nobody does mental disintegration like Stephen War. So look, um, I'm I'm backing the Aussies, Chris, because that's the kind of guy that I am. I love your reverse psychology, and I'm absolutely here for it. I think it's about time we end the pod, ladies and gentlemen. I'm in Thailand, as previously mentioned. I don't know when the next episode's going to be. Probably after the next test. Um, so, folks, enjoy the cricket. Um, stay up all night watching it, just like Sphinxy, Bardo, and myself. I'm going to drink a couple of Mai Tais for all of you. Um, Bardo, any final thoughts before we sign off? i tell you what, Pat. Uh, I'm going to sleep well tonight, and it's not because Australia's 1-0 up in the ashes. It's because Dale Stain is no longer oh. giving... Opposition fans, nightmares. Oh. Um, retired from the red ball form of the game, uh, one of the great fast bowlers of the modern era, uh, Dale Stain. Uh, we salute you. Dale Stain, thank you for your service, and I'm very pleased to see the back of you. Excellent work to that man. What a legend. Um, he won't be keeping us at nights anymore, but the nightmares are over. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into the podcast. We will be back after the next test. Um, if you haven't yet, make sure you like, rate, review it, share it, get around it, do us a favour. We'd really appreciate that. And in the meantime, go those horses. I don't like cricket.